check your attitude. This episode is sponsored by Wing Press. I'm Laura Zach. And I'm Brittany Ashley. And this is Sicker Sadder World. A podcast where we rewatch episodes of Daria and relate it to our current... God damn it, Doug Laura. We've got the distraction of the doggies again. Yeah, I mean, if you hear any little tap dancing, it's a... Not us. Yeah, it's Doug Laura's manicured nails. So French tips. So happy New Year's, everyone. Happy... New Year. Did you uh, make any New Year's resolutions? Yeah, um, probably too many. I feel like my resolutions when taken all together are basically like, change in a fundamental way everything about yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's all things that I've tried to do normally, but... Like, for example, wanting to be more discerning about, like, how I spend my energy so that I can be fully present for those things that I do choose. I feel like it's so, especially living in L.A., it's so easy to just kind of, like, go with the flow in a way and then realize that you aren't really accomplishing anything you're trying to and that you're only, like, halfway even present with the people you're around. Is that why you kept asking me when we'd be done recording? Is because you wanted to We're send not... your energy elsewhere? No, I just wanted to to create a, a boundary around it so that uh, I could be fully here for it. You know? Have I ever made you overstep your boundaries? Am I am I not very direct with what I need from you? Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Some might say too direct. <laughs> there you go. I had more, but what about you? Uh, mine are mainly weekly and monthly goals that I... Oh, so you had a lot as well. Right, yeah. Um, and also, I'm taking, you know, a cue from our friend Shaddy, but also from Don Miguel Ruiz, not one of our friends. Uh, I w- but would be. Yeah. If only he knew us. I would like to be impeccable with my word. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the one of the four agreements, or are you going to go for all four? Just um, going to start with the one? I mean, I've already chosen to um, try to not take everything personally, but as we know, that doesn't always work. How's the assumptions one going? Actually better. Good. Yeah. Um, I, I'm better. I'm getting better at discerning uh, what my take on something is and what perhaps the fact might be. Uh, speaking of, so this episode that we're going to talk about today is called Partners Complaint. And speaking of partners, congratulations, Ellen Page. And Emma Portner? Portner? Portner. Yeah. Who's a dancer. And also a dance instructor, I believe. Probably. She seems very skillful. That's delightful, though. I know. I love it. There's a bit of an age difference. Emma is, um, 22. Wow. And she's already accomplished so much. I know. I was about to say the same. So proud of her. Yeah. That's great. But they seem like a really nice little couple. Yeah. We should invite them over. Yeah. Do you think uh, they had a New Year's Day wedding? That's kind of cute. Yeah, but like inconvenient for people. I don't know. I feel like New Year's is such an overrated holiday that I would be psyched to like go to a wedding, you know, because you already have it off. And it would be like a guaranteed special time. But then you have to go to work the day after, right? Maybe a New Year's Eve wedding. 
Anyway, I have time to figure this out. <laughs> Someone is intoxicated by... I don't know if we can talk about this. Crazy little thing called love. Nope. <laughs> I don't think we can talk about this right now. <laughs> so glad I'm editing this one. Uh, no, I'm just... I uh, am in a good mood in the new year so far. That's good. I've been trying to not pay a lot of attention to what's going on with uh, casual mentions of like nuclear buttons. But other than that. Yeah, I just stick to nuclear butts. (laughs) It's been a solid three days. Just going to skip over that. All right. Okay. I'm pretty sure Brittany's mad at me. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not mad. I just. Yeah. I get excited. Why to... is your why is your voice going up like that? If you're not mad, you're suddenly Sandy. <laughs> or no, that's not Sandy. It's like Stacy. It's not that I'm like mad at you, Laura. It's just that like you know, we decided to enter into this creative endeavor together, and you know, sometimes I just feel like you try and cut it short before it can can really get good. We have we have time. I guess. Also, we have like, we have plenty of time. Do There's we? No... Do you know my ske- Do you know my my? No, I mean tonight. Tonight we have plenty of time. Do we? Because um, I I entered into this night thinking we uh, we get we got to finish it as quickly as possible. No, no, that's not true. Just we got to finish by two hours after we started. Okay. Taking all of it out. Is there anything else you want to say in this intro? Um, I mean, I celebrated a birthday. HBHB. Not the big, not the big one yet. No, the, the one before the big yeah. one. So, yeah. So, 59. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm 59 years old, and I feel great. And, yeah, I mean, with every new year, you reflect on what you did in the previous year and sometimes you look back and you're like did I do enough stuff or was stuff that I did before more stuff and now I'm just comparing myself to myself you know what I mean and when you say do stuff you mean uh like productivity and and creativity right yeah who knows or maybe my last year was more productive and creative than the one before probably not but Perhaps. And then sometimes you're just like, what's the point? So it sounds like you too have a great outlook in this new year. <laughs> yes. La 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 la. La 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 la. This is my style. Got to get up.
season four, episode one, Partner's Complaint, which which is wordplay for the Philip Roth novel, Portnoy's Complaint. I couldn't find any parallels between this episode's theme and the book. Maybe they had a different team that named the episodes that were just like really good at puns. Yeah, I think I think that a lot of the times they just go after puns more than they do what it's actually, you know, about. I guess that would probably be too difficult. But fun fact, um, in another animated show that made a Portnoy's complaint, you know, uh, wordplay joke was on BoJack Horseman. There's a character named Courtney Portnoy. And at one point, Princess Caroline says, who knew Portnoy had so many complaints? (laughs) Who knew that that was such a popular derivative novel? I have it. Oh, I mean, like for for animation specifically. It seems strange. I mean, Philip Roth was quite big, you know, Mm -hmm. especially for like a Jewish male writer um, and for like narcissists. But which, yeah. Yeah. A lot of screenwriters. Yeah. yeah so that kind of makes sense. Um, but if the episode was named after what it's actually about, it would have been called Daria being a little bitch. <laughs> yeah, was not a fan of uh, the D-Man in this one. Um, also, it felt a little bit like she had backslid from the finale of season three it felt like there had been more of like a smoothing smoothing things over at the end of season three but it turns out i think it was just kind of like a like conceding the battle but not the war i mean yeah but that makes sense like is everything that you've gotten mad at are you instantly not mad at it ever again and you're never allowed to be mad at it ever again uh life is complicated laura I just think that um, when you get to the point where, like, she's sitting down at the same pizza table with them, that just felt very symbolic at the end of this, the third season. Like, I am, I am, like, joining you both as, like, friends. And then as we start the, uh, this episode, she's right back to, like, the most angsty, maybe even worse than she was in the season three. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, it toes a really weird line of, like... Are you jealous of Tom? Are you jealous because you don't get to like hang out with your friend as much? Because when they're walking home from school, Jane and Daria, Jane is retelling what happened on their date, which is like a normal thing that you tell your friend about. And Daria just like is really pissed about it. And it it basically seeps through into the whole way that Jane even talks to her because Jane is like reluctant to tell her when she does hang out with Tom because she knows that Daria is going to get jealous. So already it's set like these conditions on their friendship that weren't there before. I will say that the most reprehensible thing Jane does in this episode is refer to Tom as young Thomas. Another work of art. Mm, mm, mm -hmm. And um, so he pulls up and of course, like right when they're basically having this like passive aggressive moment about him, and offers them both a ride, and Daria's like, well, my house is right there, so that doesn't make sense for me, but Jane accepts the ride, which makes me wonder about the geographical logistics of their houses in relation to each other, because we always see them walking together. So does Jane live, like, way farther away from school? And, like, because if she needed a drive, 
Maybe it doesn't matter, even if it was like a street over. She right. just wanted to a be ride's a town. ride. You know? Yeah, but do you know what I'm saying? I've Ubered a block before. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. Why? In like cold ass weather. Okay. So Brittany and Kevin at school are getting into this argument about who's smarter, which I'll be putting a poll on Facebook. Who do you think is smarter? Don't tell us yet. Say it out loud and then write it down. So they're in economics class and they're talking about real life economics. And there's this whole assignment where they're going to have to do something like they would perhaps have to uh, figure out what it's like to buy a car or to invest in like your own small business, etc. But you have to pick a partner and Daria dramatically asks in front of the whole class if she can work alone um, and then when they're leaving class, Daria playing games, but then showing her cards tells Jane, I only said that to tick you off. Yeah, she's she's pl- like she's asserting her power by act acting like she's giving it away. Right. It's like, did you see what I just did there? That was about you, which is kind of freaky. It's really irritating. So, given that Jane and Daria aren't going to work together, um, or I guess it's not really established yet. It's like they haven't said for sure that they're not, right? Well, well, I think it gets established... When Jody, When Jody is like, I assume you guys are working together, and they're like, we're not. Right, right, right. And then Jody basically asks Daria to be her partner to avoid Brittany asking her. And so then, by default, Brittany and Jane become partners. But also, Jody wants to avoid Mac because she says he's financially irresponsible. Right, because he um, still like owes money on his uh, loan that he took out on allowance in third grade. Right. I get it. I still owe money to BMG Music Club. <laughs> oh, God. And w- when, we, when we get to um, Daria's house and she and Jody are, are starting to try to like plan out what they're going to do, we see the only time we see Quinn in this episode, actually, is her or on the like phone. Or like any of Daria's family. Really. We see Helen later. Right. Helen, Helen, Helen. But uh, yeah, it's the only time we see Jake and Quinn and they basically just serve as like noisy distractions that walk by on the phone in the background to show that it's hard to start a business and you got to concentrate. Mm-hmm. You got to concentrate. You got to get a home office. It's a real room of one's own situation. And um, so Jody suggests that they go to the pizza parlor, which I can't imagine that's like an easy place to focus, but okay. And uh, the name that Jody wants to call their small business is Millennium Project Enterprises. Millennium. Oh, right, because also this season started in 2000. So this was right after Y2K. It was February 2000, so it was right at the beginning of the new millennium. Yeah. But uh, millennials were not a term yet. No, no, no. So this is an episode with a lot of kind of like parallel simultaneous B stories and a lot of like like normal pairings being mixed up and then uh, like the tension of what happens when all those things overlap. And so when we get to the pizza, is it called the pizza pit or am I making that up? You're completely making it up and I'm here for it. I feel like I've said it a lot. 
Yeah. Is the Pizza Pit from another major show? You're thinking of the Peach Pit? <laughs> Does this pizza place have a name? I think it's just called Pizza. Okay. I think it's just called image of pizza so that they didn't have to translate the word for international audiences yeah i think it's italian chef holding pizza in the air okay well for the purposes of this podcast it'll be the pizza pit that's what i'm talking about don't be confused dear listeners uh so Brittany and kevin are still in a huge fight and um kevin has paired off with mac and and it's established that both Kevin and Mac and Brittany and Jane for their project have chosen to buy a car. And this is the type of project. I don't know if you ever did something like this. I didn't have this uh, particular type of thing, but where like you actually have to go out in the real world and do the thing, but then stop short of actually finishing it. Like they were supposed to like actually try to get a loan from the bank but then reveal that it's just for a school project or like actually go and buy a car, but not actually, but don't really buy it. No, the only real school project that I can remember where we had to like go into the world and do something was in sixth grade. We had a list of like 50 questions and they were all questions that now if you got it, you could just look on Wikipedia and find all of them. But for this time period when, you know, the internet wasn't huge yet, you had to ask a different like they were all like re, like hard questions about history or about culture or whatnot and you had to ask individual human beings and you couldn't ask the same person more than once so you had to go find intellectuals really so you had people you had to find people who would know the answers yeah. the correct answers yeah and if they didn't know the question or they didn't know the answer to the question that you asked them you could like go down the list and be like well do you know this answer so it was like bingo like it was like, who wants to be a millionaire, Jeopardy, but you had to like physically go seek out these people. That's kind of fun. Yeah. But no, to answer your question, not that I remember, no. We got to simulate what it would be to um, be an immigrant on Ellis Island, and I died. Oh, topical. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you die of? I think cholera. mm classic i've died of that many times on the oregon trail (laughs) or was it syphilis could have been both could have could have been a combo and starvation but no economics i feel i felt woefully unprepared to enter the actual real world of finances i would have really appreciated a project like this in high school i'm hoping to replace my car soon and sadly i was like oh maybe i'll learn something from the Staria episode about buying a car yeah you gotta go find wally oh god gotta gotta go find a pedophile (laughs) pedophilic car salesman um we'll get to him but um but basically the parallel that kevin and Brittany are trying to draw with kind of both trying to purchase cars is that they're going to use this as a competition to see who's smarter like who could get the better deal that will show them who is the smarter amongst the two of them right 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 right. and also in that scene kevin like didn't want to sit with daria which was weird because in seasons past they had sort of a bond but he's just over that yeah but you know kevin like 
he's always like, ew, Daria. Or he's like, oh, oh Daria. brain. Right. Yeah. He's very... Uh, like, it depends if he needs something from her. Yeah. You know Kevin. Yeah. Good old Kev. But Daria won't sit with Jane. And you, you register on Jane's face a little bit, like, hmm. Yeah. It's all lovers' quarrels, baby. Mm-hmm. Um... So then we get into car shopping, and the car salesman, Wally, that Jane and Brittany are dealing with is basically just full-on trying to statutory rape Brittany, I'd say. I mean, he even he even clarifies, like, that they're in high school. Like, I think yeah. that, that sweetens the deal for him. And he's just basically, you know, offering to dock prices to, you know... And he's a man of endless convertibles, basically. And Brittany's into it. Um, I don't know, though. I don't think she's into it. I think that she's just naive and is like, oh, I can get a good deal this way. But I don't really think she knows what it means. Whereas Mac and Kevin, the car salesman that they're talking to, is like a conversational wizard. Yeah, he's much more um, like wheeling and dealing right. style salesman. And he's, you know, mapping out the next several years of how long it would take to repay the loan and how ultimately what they'd save without having to um, pay for repairs on an older car, etc. And it's, you know, going over Kevin's head for sure. It went over my head. It's like those people who go to grocery stores and they're like, well, no, I actually gave you a 20. Give me five back. And they're like, oh, no, sorry. I actually, I meant I gave you this. And like, they just wheel and deal this, you know, poor cashier. But let's talk about what happens with Jody and Daria. Oh, my gosh. What, um, what does an incredible happen? second act. I mean, it was a little bit of like, it, it felt like a natural continuation of the bonding experience they had in that episode where they went to the prep school. Where, like, Daria doesn't realize that Jody's having a different experience than her until Jody points it out. Mm-hmm. Or until it becomes, like, abundantly clear. Right. And and it's interesting. They have such a interesting relationship. Like, they have this kind of, like, mutually respectful, at least tolerance of each other. Um, but it exists in its own bubble, kind of. Like, it, they, they just are very much not, like, integrated at school. But when they come together, they have this kind of like serenity about them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they go to a bank to try to get a loan for this small business they're going to start up. And at the first bank, um, and this also should be mentioned that this is exactly what Jody wants to do after she graduates. It's like, she wants to start a small business. And that was brought up in that episode as well. Right. So she, this is very much in her wheelhouse and she, is really trying to learn from this experience. Whereas Daria is very kind of like whatever about the whole thing. Cause not only is she not interested in this for herself, she's also in a piss poor mood because of the Jane fight. Um, so they go to the first bank and so the banker is very impressed with their business plan, which Jody presents. And she's the one clearly who's done all the work basically. But then he asks Daria if her dad would be willing to co-sign on the loan. And Jody immediately calls him out as a racist. Yeah. Because he, he was being racist. Yeah, because it's like, it's clear that Jody was presenting this entire thing, knew everything, and then he turns to Daria, who gave the least amount of effort, was actually being a little, like, sardonic about it, 
and then just believes that her white father will have like more credibility than Jody's black father, who she points out is the one who helped her create that entire presentation that he was impressed by in the first place. And then when he finds out who her father is, he immediately changes his tune and is ready to, you know, like actually treat her as an equal. Yeah. So, but she leaves because uh, and she's angry about that and she talks to Daria about wanting to be seen and appreciated for her own merit. So then at the next bank, she goes in and she leads with telling the banker about her father, telling the banker who her father is. She uses that as part of her strategy, which confuses Daria a little bit because Jody had just gone on this like tangent about, you know, being annoyed that people don't take her seriously without knowing who her father is. Right. Which Daria and Jody end up talking about later. But first, little moment for our sponsor. So some of you this holiday season received a real cool package in the mail. You received your own custom Sicker Sadder World notebook. And we couldn't do it without the help of our friends at Wing Press in Framingham, Massachusetts. Even if you don't live in Massachusetts and you live somewhere else in the United States, you can order from them. They are wonderful, so helpful, and they made these things look beautiful. So Brittany and Jane are at Daria's house, and one of my favorite moments of the episode was when Trent walks in and he's like, hey Jane, hey Daria, whoa. Oh, you mean they're at Jane's house. What did I say? Brittany and Jane are at Daria's house. God damn it. Really though, isn't every house Daria's house? So Brittany and Jane are at Jane's house about to start their project, and one of my favorite moments is uh, Trent walks in and just out of pure habit, he's like, hey Jane, hey Daria, whoa. Because he sees Brittany. Because he sees Brittany, who I believe he's met before at one of his shows. No? Remember when she had black hair? Yeah, maybe he didn't recognize her without the black hair. Did we already watch that episode? Yeah. Oh, cool. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Because I think we had a conversation about, like, infidelity in uh, Kevin and Brittany's relationship. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, where the lines are. So while they're at Jane's house, uh, they get a knocky-knocky-knocky on the front door. And it's Wally who tracked Brittany down like a through bloodhound. Jane's mail through Jane's address, which I'm not even sure how he had that. Maybe she something she put on the paperwork or something. Yeah, signed up for a magazine or something. But so now it's like full on predatory behavior, completely. And he asks Brittany to go on a ride with him in his convertible, and she just kind of stands there blinking, and we don't see the resolution of whether she takes him up on it. But I don't think she does. I don't think she does either. Which, which, I know you didn't give an opportunity for us to answer Kevin or Brittany, who we think is smarter, but are we allowed to put a vote? Yeah. I mean, obviously Brittany, right? Who's smarter? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's even a competition. Right. But she she at least uh, has an emotional intelligence that soars above his own. And I feel like she has these little moments of like insight and clarity. And I, I feel like Wally wouldn't be able to get it with her. Wally couldn't hang. Uh, back to Daria and Jody's project. 
So they ended up securing a loan at the second bank, which means that, well, we I guess we don't really know if they would have secured it, whether or not Jody led with what she led with about about her who her father is. However, Daria tells Jody what she thinks. Um, and obviously, you know, we kind of know Daria is this moral compass and a little bit has has more rigid standards than other people. And she basically tells Jody that she believes that she was being a hypocrite, that she, you know, had reamed out this guy for judging her, you know, before he knew who her father was and then instantly making a 180. And then since Jody knew what it could do for them, she led with it and, you know, was kind of falling into this trap of nepotism and how, you know, how attractive that may seem. That made no sense. What am I saying? Basically, Daria calls Jody out for being a hypocrite because she got mad at the first guy for only respecting her, basically, and once he found out who her father was and then led with saying who her father was with the second guy. So, like hypocritical in the sense that the very thing that annoyed her she decided to use to her advantage even though she supposedly wanted to be respected for her merit based on merit and jody has a great line that's like um our assignment was to get a loan not save the world and calls daria out for her black and white thinking or so sorry she calls it black and white ethics which is interesting that we've had this conversation about the difference between their like moral compass kind of the the way they prioritize their ethic their personal ethics and now it was like getting to hear the characters actually hash it out right and also like to Jody's credit it's a school assignment and she does say i was using the resources at my disposal so i'm trying to get what we're trying to achieve right and be a good business person like this is how an adult would handle themselves even if it's not the like ideal ethical choice right and then she also adds also the only reason that you're working with me is because you're fighting with jane and, then and she, she says is that racist you know she kind of suggests that like that could be problematic in, in a different way. Yeah. And then she drops the mic and then she moonwalks backwards out of the scene. Past Helen, who overheard the whole thing. And then we go back to the pizza place. And weirdly, Brittany and Jody are just there hanging out, which I don't understand how that came about. It was, yeah, that just felt weird. But um, then Kevin and Mac show up and Kevin and Brittany have sort of like a comparing of notes in a competitive way about how their car sale went. And it becomes clear that Kevin didn't understand that this was just meant to be like practice and you weren't actually supposed to go through with the sale. And he put a cash down payment on the car. Right, which so that's from his parents then, right? Like what what yeah, I mean, high he schooler got, is sixteen thousand dollars in cash. Right. I mean he got fired from it's a nutty nutty world, so I doubt he had much saved up. Right. Yeah, the logistics of that felt fuzzy, but whatever. Yeah, we haven't really met Kevin's parents yet and seen if they're rich. We we know that Brittany is certainly well off. Then we have a kind of sweet moment with Daria and Helen. So so Jody calling Daria out, I think, brought about a little bit of a beat change for her being a little bit more reflective about her behavior, her own behavior. And there's kind of a sweet scene where Helen comes up to Daria's room 
And it's clear that like Helen wants to talk to Daria about something real, but she's like she's like giving Daria the opportunity to talk about something, but she she pretends that what she's there for is to like tell her to rinse the plates before putting it in the dishwasher. And then Daria like wants Helen to ask. It's like they do this kind of like very realistic like dancing around up, it. Yeah. Yeah. And Daria's like, Do I seem sadder, you know, than usual lately? And Helen's like, oh, you know, just if you need to talk. And then um, they get into it a little bit. And she talks about what just happened with Jody. And Helen says that Jody is more um, pragmatic. And she understands that if someone's having a bad day, it doesn't make them a bad person. Yeah. It was it was a nice little. It um, also feels like Helen really has Jody's number. Yeah, sure does. Sure does. And then we get to see back in the classroom when everyone's presenting the projects and Kevin is like sobbing because of the folly of losing his money. Whereas with Jody and Daria, we get to see kind of the resolution of their storyline, which is that Jody does her part of the presentation and where Jody thinks that Daria is going to kind of give her critique of how Jody went about securing the loan, she actually curves and says that uh, they actually secured it by being able to be flexible enough to make the loan officer feel comfortable. And that was kind of just like a really sweet, or not sweet, sort of. It's a, It was a sweet, subtle way of showing Jody that she didn't actually mean to criticize her approach and that she understands why they did that. That maybe she doesn't uh, she doesn't know everything and that the way that she views the world perhaps isn't always the correct. Right. And then it, that moment's followed up by a more explicit on the nose mutual apology between them that just to establish that Jody did understand what Daria was doing by framing it that way during the presentation. And um, then, you know, Daria's kind of like high on on building bridges when, sorry, Doug Laura was just licking my arm and she has garbage breath and now I'm going to have to bathe when I get home. <laughs> Doggy, sweetie. Oh, by the way, um, Doug Laura is uh, getting her teeth cleaned on January 18th and... It's um, going to be a party. I was quoted $1,200. Uh, so it's possible I might start a uh, Kickstarter. <laughs> She might need to get, uh, they think, like two to four teeth pulled because they are rotten. Yeah, clearly. If you've ever put your head inside that dog's mouth, you would know. Like Brittany it- does on the rag. <laughs> There's probably like little Sour Patch Kids as teeth in there. Oh, that's a really apt visual. <laughs> yeah. It seems like they're little like little, Sour like, Patch Trolls. <laughs> Yeah. Juju bees as teeth. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is, she's not. I mean, I only adopted her like, what was it two years ago now? Two and a half years? And More than that. Like three. Yeah. But regardless, like her breath, she, she it, it's been bad for a long time, but also she isn't like a bones dog. She doesn't chew bones. And that's like a natural way that. Oh, dogs... I thought you meant she wasn't a fan of the David Boreana show Bones. <laughs> She's not a Bones She dog. feels pretty lukewarm about Bones the show, but maybe even more lukewarm about Bones to chew. Like, she doesn't gnaw on Bones, which is usually how dogs naturally clean their teeth. So, 
Yeah, we're going to have to go get it taken care of. Pretty little penny. She's going to be David after dentist, doggy after dentist. Maybe we'll take a little video and put it on our uh, Patreon. Yeah, let's let's really try to exploit her pain. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I thought we had gotten through that hump, Brittany, but it feels like you're back. (laughs) So... While Daria, as to continue your thought, Daria is kind of on this high of building bridges and Jane comes up and talks to her and, and, and Daria says something to the effect of like, yeah, well, like we can apologize to each other because at least we both were acting shitty. So like we both had something to apologize for. Meaning she and Jody, Right. And, and Jane's response is like, yeah, imagine if you'd been behaving that way to someone else. Who like hadn't done anything to deserve it. And then but then she kind of like spins it and does the cool cool Jane thing of being like if if this hypothetical thing were true, the friend who hadn't done anything wrong would maybe just uh not make the other friend apologize and just let her know that they're still friends and can move on. So patient, so understanding, so willing to work at someone else's pace. So smooth. Yeah, so smooth. And then she asks uh, Daria to go get pizza with her after school. And um, there was one funny moment where, like, Jane does Britney's voice, which was interesting to have, like, one voice actor try to do the voice of another voice actor. Right. As the character. Sure. And Kevin and Britney get back together, and they're, you know, making out publicly like they love to do. And then Wally rolls in at the end of the episode offering to sell Kevin's car, which he had to relinquish back to the dealership as a used car, to Brittany for half price, which causes them to fight again. Classic kids. Classic kids. Mm. Good good up. Yeah, really ambitious one. Yeah. Like the fa- no. The fact that they made that they had, like, a whole Daria-Jane fight and, like, commentary on ethics and racism. And a school project. I mean, they had it all. Yeah, except for Quinn. More Quinn. Hopefully more Quinn as we move into season four. Do you think I'm a rigid, unrealistic, unforgiving, self-righteous jerk who can't hold on to a friend? She didn't say anything like that. But... Thank you for listening to this episode of Sicker Sadder World. 2018. We are on Twitter at Sicker Sadder. I'll keep that one in. <laughs> at Sicker Sadder. We have a website. SickerSadderWorld.com. Wow. You really want to get out of here. Oh my God. SickerSadderWorld.com. that you want to be more present I am completely present you're living in the future well the future is bright right now this episode of Sicker Sadder World was sponsored by Wing Press Wing Press in Framingham, Massachusetts who helped us make our Sicker Sadder World notebooks thank you